You're listening to Marketing and Mocktails with Manal Sampat, a previously recorded Facebook Live episode inside the group Marketing and Mocktails with Manal, where dental professionals discuss, share, and learn about dental marketing. Manal Sampat is an entrepreneur, speaker, healthcare provider, and enthusiastic shoe lover. She's been featured in the Huffington Post, Dentistry IQ, Forbes, the Guinness Book of World Records, and more. Join her as she discusses marketing, team, business growth with other industry experts. And if you'd like to receive 10 ways to improve your marketing today, simply text the word resources to 38470. Those ladies who are smart, they are living the teledentistry life right now. And I wanted to make sure that I bring you the best information available because, well, to be honest with you, my emails, my text messages, and my Facebook messaging has been inundated with teledentistry questions. Um, and while I can teach you how to use technology, I can't teach you how to do billing with it. I cannot teach you how a dentist is going through it. And I cannot teach you somebody who's actually helping people start from point A to point Z. So uh, let me just allow you to give a little bit of introduction here. I have with me uh, Stephanie Farlow. Stephanie is uh, here and she's going to talk to us about implementation. Stephanie, quickly tell everybody uh, what do you do and who you are. Um, I am a medical billing and team culture expert, but of late, I have also become a teledentistry expert for my clients, and I help implement medical billing systems and team culture systems in dental practices. Wonderful. Um, and then we'll just go to uh, Lori Owens. Lori, why don't you tell everybody what you do? I am the director of medical billing education for DevDent, where we have a medical billing software for people who want to bill, as well as making sure it's dental friendly. That happens to be a huge thing now. Um, but I travel and educate dental offices as well as do courses for medical billing and dentistry. Thank you. And Dr. Arthur Ragwan, tell us a little bit about you. Hi, Manal. Um, I am a general dentist uh, practicing in Naperville, Illinois. I have my own practice um, and um, just getting into this whole teledentistry thing because that was the first thing that I could think of. I mean, I had to think of something to come up with um, ever since this happened two weeks ago. Um, and um, so that's why I'm here today. <laughs> Well, you know, why don't we get in? We are getting some viewers. If you are watching, tell us who you are and uh, send us a hello so we know that you're, you're watching us right now. And as usual, you can comment your questions. You know, we go through all the questions that you sent us. I am going to try and follow an organized pattern today because there are too many questions with teledentistry. So the first thing that I want to go into is what is teledentistry? Why don't we have, again, why don't we all have start a little bit with this? So Stephanie, you can go first and we can just, you know, go in that order. Okay. Um, so teledentistry is basically the simplest way to say it is delivering dental care through audio, visual, technological means instead of the typical face-to-face, in-person interactions you're used to having with your patients. Well, what is the, what is the difference, uh, you know, about it compared to, can, so you have to have audio and visual. So you, well, you do, and I'm sure Lori will go into this a little bit more, but you, you do tech typically have to have audio and visual. There needs to be a component where you are visually seeing what's going on with the patient. It can be photographs, it can be video, it can be, um, you know, it, it could be they send you a video. It doesn't necessarily have to be you're doing one-on-one -on -one videoing, but there does have to be some component of a visual aid um, when, you're, when you're talking to your patient. Thank you. And, and Lori, what about you? Um, I agree. Yes, you do need something to back it up. Um, yes, even though they have relaxed requirements, I would not um, 
like rest on my laurels with those re required or relaxed requirements. So make sure you follow a standard that's going to protect your doctor, your practice, and your license. So, Lena, so here's the question that comes out, right? Would you say that if somebody were to take a photo, now I know that it's not going to be a great intraoral photo, but let's just say they were supposed to take a quick photo and then they send that photo over to the dental practice and then they call them so they can discuss about the photo. So it's not a video, but it's a photo that they're viewing and then they call them. Is that teledentistry? Yes. Yes, that would be considered teledentistry. Because it has a photo component to it. Yes, it has audio visual. It has an audio and a visual. So everybody right. who's watching this right now, because I got a, quite a few questions on it saying, well, I talk to my patients in the teledentistry or I video chat with them. Isn't the teledentistry now at any point of this? Does this have to be recorded as in do we need a downloadable file from this video so that if we were to put it in a patient chart, because we still have to document this. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Um, you know, what are some things we do that? And before we get into that, when Dr. Ragwan, you recently implemented teledentistry in your practice. First time. First time. And what are some of the ways that you are helping your patients with this? Are you telling them to do a photo or a video along with the audio with you? So I'm going to go into this from where I started. Minal, you watched my journey mm -hmm. from everything. Um, but two weeks ago, like I was someone that was extremely skeptical of teledentistry. I would have put it in the horizon of being malpractice almost because dentistry is such a unique thing, you know, like, unless we see, we take some radiographs, it's like, it's, it's, there are a lot of gray areas. Let me just put it that way. It's not black and white. It's not, you know, it has a component of subjective interpretation, which comes from the patient. Like for somebody who is in pain, their pain levels might be excruciating. For another person who is going through the exact same condition, it might be somewhere in the range of moderate to nothing at all. So there is a subjective and then there is an objective component to it. Mm -hmm. And to me personally, teledentistry never cut the chase for the objective part of it. But after I made the decision to shut my office down last Sunday, the first thing I did was, I mean, I didn't look out what the definition was <laughs> of teledentistry was. I just didn't, I was not in a mind frame to do any of that. I went into the office, I sat down, I thought about it for a minute, and I did my research on um, what has been implemented in teledentistry so far. Um, so California Board of Dentistry actually had a very detailed um, consent form and description and stuff like that. So I took parts of it and then I first created my own con consent form. And then I created a code in my office for, and I decided to go with Skype. And I'll tell you why. Um, for me, it was the least intimidating platform. And for a lot of my patients who are not tech savvy, it was the least intimidating platform. So I chose to go with that. And then the first week after I shut the practice down, I had that week where actually nobody was technically an emergency. Um, I had all the time to do the research, put a few things down. And um, I am someone that learns Indian classical music from some of my gurus. So I record these and I save it for practice purposes. So I knew Skype had the component to record 
which can be saved by both the person who is recording and the person who is involved in the conversation. So both of us can save these recorded conversations. Um, I'm sorry, Manal. Is there a lot of disturbance for my end? I apologize. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of feedback coming in from um, from your end, Arthi. But but that's okay. We can still hear you. But there was a lot of feedback, um, you know, coming in from that point. But yes, Lori, sorry, you disappeared for a second. So you know what she was saying was that let's get back into the technology, right? So right now with technology that we have going on, because that's the second question. The first question that I wanted to ask is what is teledentistry? And we ask that saying that you need to make sure that you have an audio and a visual component with it. That may mean a photo. That doesn't always have to mean a video. A photo with an audio call is okay, but also if you're doing a video, you still need to have the recorded version because that's actually your way of making sure you have the proper notes. And again, right. that's just common sense for any of our healthcare providers, but it is something right. that I know not a lot of people know to download and to keep, right? Because it's like, you're doing this call and then you go away, uh, you know, doing to Now let's get into the technology part because we have FaceTime, we have uh, Zoom, we have Doxy, we have Skype. And, you know, with Dr. Raghwan's patients, uh, she, she found Skype to be very easy to use. And that's what she decided using. Now I am a Zoom user. Um, and that's what I tend to use for most of my, my calls. But I know that uh, Stephanie and Lori, you both mentioned Doxy. Yeah. Let's talk about Doxy. Lori, if you want to start with Doxy and tell us why do you think that's important? I, I would have agreed with you prior COVID <laughs> uh, that, that Zoom was my better option. Uh, but getting with the Doxy.me people and seeing what the professional version of doxy.me does where it can take out snippets of your video conversation so that you can put them in your chart um, was huge. Um, plus they also allowed us to give a 50% discount to dental providers who want to download it, making it $17 and 50 cents a month. Oh, wow. Okay. Now I, I, this a, um, so doxy.me. So my question is, is this HIPAA compliant? Yes because it's used by most most uh, medical providers. Uh, Minala, I'm gonna interject you for mm -hmm. a second here. So that question of HIPAA compliance comes up a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So when I did my research on Skype, it is HIPAA compliant in the sense it is encrypted and Microsoft does not have access to it unless it's subpoenaed, okay? So I think it's a 256-bit encryption. Um, the part that was debated was, is there a backup that can be saved because as providers, we're required to save it for seven years. Yep. But with the video recording, it can be saved and placed into a folder. The part that I got really interested when Lori said that it could, it could be snipped and added to your chart, that's a huge thing. Well, right. especially because medical providers are already using this, right? Now, I do have yeah. a question coming in that we can answer here because I do have here a doctor saying, before anything, email them a consent on permission yes. to proceed with teledentistry process, which is a step yes. that we do want to mention yes. in this call is yeah. we do want to have a consent form that they are going to sign on, um, right? And once they go ahead and sign on that consent form, that's something that you know that you're going to proceed with it. Now, do we know or do we have consent form examples perhaps that we can share I with do. the group? You do, I, perfect. I, Thank I, you, Ragwan. So Dr. Ragwan, if you don't mind sharing that later in the group, 
Absolutely. Um, this way we will have that information ready for anybody who wants to take a look at what kind of consent form it is. Awesome. So I'm just going through the questions. And I'm hoping to uh, incorporate more things and modify the consent as we go, because this is, again, it's such a grassroots stage right now. There's so much that we can learn and develop after this. So what I do is I first call my patients and speak to them, obviously, because when there's an emergency, I call them. Then I tell them what my protocol is. I pick their email that they wanted to be sent to. I send them the consent at least an hour before the consult itself. And then how I receive my consent is by recording. So when I start recording, I first tell them that, hey, I'm recording. Can you please state your name and tell me that you consent to the recording and also that you have received the consent form that I sent you and that you consent to the teledentistry. And behind all of this, they also sign the consent form and send it to my email as well. They state their name. They say that they've gone over the consent form. And then we, the part that I like about the video conferencing is that even if it's a new patient or if it's not a patient of record, I get to go over their medical history and all of that stuff because as providers, we never are supposed to call in meds for somebody who's not a patient of record. You know ah, I mean? right. So see, again, it's so good to have a dentist on here because she can talk about from a dentist's point of view what is what is required. Now, I do have a few people. Dr. DiCarlo, he got a form just emailed to him from his malpractice carrier. And then I also have Lenny who's going to share examples as well. Yeah, let's share examples on this once this chat is over, guys, so we can create that form. But I want to go back to Dr. Raghwan, what you were saying. So you were saying that there are, and it is there is some feedback, Dr. Raghwan. Did you want to unplug your headphone and just talk to us? Or maybe that's, maybe that will be... Does this help? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, though. It's okay. It, say something. I'm so sorry, right. no, I can put it on mute when I'm actually not talking. Will that help? No, but you're fine now. Just talk just the way you okay. are right now. Okay. So, okay. Right. so you were mentioning something with the HIPAA compliance, but you said you came across a technological issue with that? So there was a lot of debate about whether Skype is HIPAA compliant. Encryption-wise, it is. The problem that we had when if we were typing and sending messages is the fact that there was no backup or there was no means of retrieval. Like say we have with Open Dental and stuff like that. We have a cloud-based backup all the time that goes on with Dentrix and stuff like that. But when you're recording a video, both the person that's involved in the consult and you are mutually able to save the exact same video. So tomorrow, if there is an issue with presenting that in a court of law, no one can say that you tampered with it because they're going to have the exact same video that you had and it's available for 30 days for both of us to save so you're able to save it the part that it's not as technologically advanced for the purpose of teledentistry like doxy is that you can't save it's not connected with your dental software you can mm. save like snippets of it but you can always put notes down like how you would in a face-to-face -face consult. Um, the other part that I should mention here is I do not bill it out to the insurance 
Oh, yeah. we're going to get into that. Trust yeah. me, we have a, we have an expert on uh, on billing here with us, and we are we are definitely diving into how to build this out now. Um, so you know, going back to Doxy, Lori, if you want to, Lori or you know or Stephanie. Um, so I know Lori, you gave us a little bit of information that they're giving a fifty percent discount at Doxy.me. And FYI, I have nothing to do with Doxy. This is not a. I mean, it's, and it's and it's not something that we really have anything to do. We are. Um, Dr. Magnus is using Doxy because he is a, a practicing provider, and so he's using Doxy um, now because of the shutdown of his practice. And so um, if you email support at devdent.com, they'll give you that code for doxy.me, um, and it is for the professional. They do have a free account that you can use, but you don't get support. You don't get your recording saved. You can't take snippets out. So, yeah, there is a difference between what level of, of support and or uh, saving your conversations that you want. I don't think that you need the massive level, which is the third level or tier of doxy.me because that's probably more for a medical provider that does this all the time. And the cost is quite significant. So again, what we would recommend is the professional part of doxy.me in order to save your conversations as well as be able to take out if they're showing you an area in the oral cavity, you can take that piece out, put it in their chart to save it for your backup and documentation purposes. Absolutely, well, thank you. And, and one more consideration that has to be given is the security of the link. So Doxy and Zoom are by no means the only softwares out there that are HIPAA compliant, but you need to make sure that your link is secure and not just anyone can join your consults with your right. patients. So that's, that's why you want to make sure you're double checking the HIPAA security of the softwares. So right. the other thing Wait, Stephanie, like you just you just froze for a second. Can you oh. just repeat it? Sorry, I think the sure. technology is getting overwhelmed with everybody being live right now. But no problem. Can you just repeat what you said as to why? Just repeat it for us, please. So I was saying you want to make sure that the platform is HIPAA secure because you don't want just anybody to be able to join your meeting with your patients, which is happening. If you've watched the news, people are just dropping in on meetings. Um, and you definitely don't want that to happen in the middle of your appointment. You know, I'm going to take a moment to say this here because I've been receiving a lot of people saying, well, you know what? HIPAA compliance is kind of right now. It's kind of put away. It's under the rug. You know, they're coming up and saying that you are until June 15th or so you are able to do this. Here's my concern with everybody who's doing that right now. You are spending all this time training yourself, your patients and your team to use teledentistry. Now, as soon as you decide to go this route, which is not going to be feasible after a certain point in time, because guess what? HIPAA compliance is a healthcare thing. It's not going to go away. Mm -hmm. You have to restructure everything you are doing and re relearn the technology and the process. So I want you to be mindful on how you look at this. My advice to everybody I've spoken to has said, think of teledentistry as the future for our industry. Right. You're not going to stop using this after June or April, whatever, whenever we decide that we're going to move on from COVID, right? We are still going to use this. So use it in a way and stabilize it, organize it so your practice can handle it even well, after this is done. And let's be honest, okay, they can say all they want that HIPAA regulations are relaxed, but they're only as relaxed as it stands up in a courtroom when you're in there for malpractice. So follow the HIPAA guidelines. It's not that hard to do. Just make sure that you're HIPAA compliant and, and don't relax your own HIPAA requirements. Absolutely. 
So, all right, so now let's, so we know that we want to tell a dentistry, we know that we need a consent form, and now we are also going that there are technologies available like that. Doxy.me seems to be a popular one. There are people asking for that code. I'm gonna have Lori's messages later on how to get that code. Uh, so everybody who wants that discount code can get that. Now let's get into, okay, so you have a, a, a is this only for potential patients? No, right? Teledentistry is for current patients and potential patients. But what Lori uh, has brought to me is it's very interesting. Lori, why don't you explain them your point of view on medical billing this out? Well, because if you billing teledentistry to dental insurance uh, is, you know, where everybody's going to, but you're also using an exam. So you're not only billing your D9995, you're also billing your D0140. So now you've just used an exam and you're not going to get that back. So why not bill it to medical if this is a true emergency and you're seeing this patient based off of the symptoms that they have. And one thing to remember is that that call or that teledentistry has to be patient initiated. So you cannot say, oh, I've heard that this patient is having problems. You can't call them and say that's a teledentistry call. It ah. has to be patient initiated. So the patient would have had to call you, said, I'm having these problems, and then you can continue with teledentistry. You cannot have somebody's brother's mother, mother's cousin tell you there's a problem, and so now you're contacting them because you want to help. You cannot count that for teledentistry. But I would just say that uh, I believe that medical billing, the only thing you have to change on your medical billing is your place of service is zero two. So your place of service is the only thing that's going to change because they're not in your office. And you can actually put in box 24C, why for an emergency? You're doing this telemedicine, telehealth at, for an emergency, for something that's pain or inflammation related, things like that. So here's and the question. So let's say moving forward, it's not just for emergency. What do we, what happens then? Again, we're going to go back to symptom-based. Okay. What are the symptoms? Did they have trauma? Um, so if we're going to move forward with this in medical, the way medical providers do it, everything they do exam-wise is symptom-based. So this is, again, I want everybody to understand this because there is there are different virtual dentistry platforms uh -huh. yes. available, right? And a lot of them are have to do with cosmetic dentistry. And a lot of people think that teledentistry is doing a virtual consult. In a way, it is doing virtual mm -hmm. consult, but this is very different because the patient has to reach out to you Absolutely. and there has to be a symptomatic reason. Right. right? And one thing I'm just, just going to say is we've got to get the people in the emergency room out of the emergency room that are yes. related. Yes. It, yes. Is, it is so bad right now, Manal. If I could tell you how many people have reached out saying, I had eight patients go to the ER because nobody was answering our phone. Honestly, that's the only reason oh I I just could not, uh, I mean, Manal seen me go through this. So I was like, I will do anything if I can to keep my patients out of the ER. And even right. out of like what I tell my patients yeah. is if I can do something so you don't have to be here physically because I want to protect you too. Because uh -huh. at this point, I will treat everybody as infected, including myself. I might not be symptomatic, right. but anybody and everybody out there needs to be treated as if they were infected you know right. so something, if you think about an emergency somebody has an abscess and now they're going to the emergency room they're already compromised with the abscess and now well, and there's something like 
There's something like a dental emergency every minute or every 30 seconds reporting right, to an emergency 40, room in the US. percent in the emergency room are dental related. And some do doctors are not answering their phone. And so the people feel like they have no other option but to go to the emergency room. And that's so frustrating because you're looking at all these doctors and nurses that are low on PPE. Now they're using their PPE on your patients that you didn't want to answer the phone for. That they really can't help because no. all they're going to do is give them a script and send them home and tell them Absolutely. to call you. Absolutely. You know, and it's so, um, it's, it's such a... <laughs> It's such a complicated situation, right? Because at one point, we don't want our patients to overwhelm. First of all, at one point, we don't want to be not available for our patients. We are trained right. to be available for our patients. We are trained to make sure that we are providing them the care. Mm -hmm. And uh, also this issue of kind of making oral care sound like it's not important, um, you right. know, is also something that we are all dealing with when we all know that it's comprehensive care. When you do oral care, it's a complete health care. It's not just just because they are teeth. I mean, everything goes in your mouth to your body, right? So, right. Um, you know, us as dental professionals are already having a hard time with it. And the second part is, well, how do I be present for my patients so they don't overwhelm the ER? But now there is a whole PPE stuff. And now, you know, how do we get this in and how do we bill it? But going back to the billing question, I do have a question here saying that, so you can build this consoles for medical. I thought it had to be dental. No, 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 no. Now you, you, cannot can build, bill, yeah. you can't bill them at the same time. That's illegal. Uh, but you need to choose is if, if they have an abscess, if they have if they have inflammation, those are all symptom codes and you're not billing the treatment. You're billing the exam based off of the symptom. So okay. making sure your chart notes back up what you're doing. One of the issues that I had with that is that my staff are not trained to bill medical. Well, they need Neither to come to my course. <laughs> yes. I was going to say they need to go to Lori's course because they it's it's not. It is not as intimidating as everybody no, makes it sound. Not. It is, it's, it's just like, you know, it's not any more difficult than learning dental billing. There's a and lot more telling codes. A story. Yes. Telling There's a lot more codes. Story. That's about it. Yeah. Yep. And even if you think about this from a symptomatic point of view, you are actually now saying that this is medical. It's right. not just so much of a niche of a dental care, but it's a medical issue, right? So, Absolutely. Um, you know, it makes sense logically. It makes sense emotionally. It also makes sense with education. Because, because you think of you, you think of pain. Exactly. Is pain dental or medical? Is infection dental or medical? All of those things point towards a medical base. Now there's a dental treatment for it, but it's medically based. Wonderful. So this is great that we could go ahead and and build this to medical. And Lori, you know the codes for that and all of that, and they can get. Oh, I do. Probably okay. off the top of my head. <laughs> So people, if you're watching this, so let's go through the, the, the timeline again. We understand what teledentistry is. We have the consent forms. Um, we have patients reaching out and now we know how to build them. But let's talk about the part when somebody does reach out to you, okay? And you're, you're doing a teledentistry call. Clearly you need to have the platform available, which we talked about it. But how does that conversation work? And this is, Dr. Radwan, this is for you specifically from a provider point of view. You have a patient reaching out. Now, clearly their photos or their images are not going to be as great as you would like them to be. So from a mm -hmm. provider point of view, how are you dealing with teledentistry? So my idea behind implementing teledentistry was let me have a screening platform so I can bring true emergencies into the office if I have to, or if I can mitigate that by calling in antibiotics because 
sometimes it's oh i know i have to have had my wisdom teeth out but there is a swelling right there now which i can feel and it's bothering me and i don't want those patients to end up in the er because i wasn't available right so i go through their history if i have their chart then i pull all of that up discuss and reinforce that their medical history hasn't changed if they're allergic to any antibiotics and if i can just mitigate this whole situation by calling in antibiotics and pain medication that's all I'm doing. If I still have to have the patient come in, because Manal, I can't tell you, I have nightmares about all those patients that I worked so hard about like saving either their periodontal status or like their teeth. I have, an, well, I, so I have hard, nightmares right? about everything. Providers, we are trained to make sure that our patients are out of pain and we are trained to give them a better life. And then right. out of a sudden we can't do that. It's like your calling is gone. Well, Manal, Patient is due for their three-month recall. We worked so hard on reestablishing their periodontal status. Now I don't know what's going to happen. You know yes, what I mean? I, I, honestly, and, I would I would say why not bring your hygienist in one day a week to call their patients and say, "I just wanted to check in with you. We've worked so hard on getting you where you're at periodontally. Let's go over what your home care should be." Right. Actually, I, I want to just interject to say something here. We, my staff, I, I haven't laid all of my staff off or anything like that. My staff are reaching out to okay. every single patient of record. And then we were making lists because we're going to put patients down as most urgent after we open. Mm -hmm. Not so urgent after we open. And there are some of my okay. patients who are reaching out to me who have been due for their you know, comprehensive checkups and stuff like that, who've told me, listen, when you open up, we know that you're going to have people that need to be seen more urgently than I do. And my schedule is flexible. I literally had one of my patients say that to me. But the point is, like, I'm, I take a list of 10 patients every day. My staff takes a list of 10 or 15 or whatever they can. And we personally reach out to every single patient of record because their perspective is their reality. They're freaking right. out more than you think right. they're freaking well, out. Well, so, I think that's I think that's so important. I know I know it's a financial expense to keep your staff at this time. And I know you have other bills to think of, you know, as doctors, but you have to also think of your patients and one person cannot deliver all of the care that's needed, even if your practice is closed, it's just not possible. So you, you have to maintain some kind of, of team to attend to your patients, you know, and, and absolutely during this time. Well, absolutely. And I think we, you know, even with my own clients, when I'm talking to them and, you know, they are reaching out saying, what do I do? How do and it's really pick up the phone and call your patients and ask them how they're doing. Ask them if there is anything. Yeah. You know, they they may also need some non-dental things like helping them navigate how to bring, you know, how to deliver groceries to their doors. They are in the geriatric right. population or you know, how to, how to make sure that their kids are flushing and, uh, you know, uh, uh, brushing and flossing like they're supposed to be, or like they themselves are not getting this routine of eating junk food all day long. Cause let's face it, everybody's watching Tiger King right now in their pajamas, eating pizza, right? Like, I do that too. So I get it, you know, so there is, there is a part of that that we all have to be mindful of, but, you know, going back to the question, Lori, I do have uh, a dentist here who just, Oh, her, dis her comment disappeared, but she actually had, um, a question here, uh, Dr. Kellogg had a question here, which, because there are so many comments coming in, I just, I didn't see it. I just but, want to say one, one thing, Manal, real quick, because 
for years, dentists have been saying we want integrated healthcare. We want to be part of, we want whole body healthcare. This is your opportunity. This is your opportunity to step up and support the medical community and keep the patients out of the ER and Mm -hmm. let the medical community do its work. If you want integrated healthcare, now is the time. Right. Absolutely. Now is the time. And you know what? All of this chaos is going to bring some good out of it, I hope. And, and perhaps that good is the fact that we are going to start doing more dentistry in a way which is technologically savvy. You know, we, we don't want to be those people when, remember when Mark Zuckerberg was in, the, in front of, you know, the Congress and he was talking about everything and people were asking, well, what is the difference between an email and an iMessage? We don't, we don't want to be that profession. We don't want to be the profession that is not, no longer active with the current technological advances. I did have a question here from Dr. Kellogg, Lori, that was asking that, um, her patients are having an issue getting discovered by the medical uh, billing because I will go back to the question. Dr. Kellogg, if you're there, can you copy and paste that question again because it somehow got lost in all the questions we are having here. But I think something pretty much saying that um, medical is not covering it because they keep saying this is a dental thing and not a medical thing. Because they're probably not using the proper codes or saying that it's an emergency. Okay. So you use pain, you use inflammation. You use abscess or infection. place of service. Place of service place is going to be a big service. thing. No, they're not using the zero two for the place of service that denotes this is telehealth. Um, so I don't like the teledentistry. I don't like the telemedicine. It's really telehealth. Ooh, I'm going to change that right now. We are talking about telehealth. I like that. <laughs> yes. I like that a lot. We are talking about telehealth. Okay, now going back to the communication with our patients here. Um, so, you know, let's, as, um, as Dr. Raghwan was saying, that it's very important that we are focusing and getting them out of pain and, and working around that. Now, let's say that we have COVID is finally over and we are back to resuming our professional lives as they used to be after that, right? Now, even in that case, do you see telehealth? I'm not going to say teledentistry anymore. It's telehealth. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that telehealth could be used in other things? So from a marketing point of view, mm-hmm. right? Well, so me- can I market it as, as, as a way for you to get in front of new patients who, who need care? Uh, what were you going to say, Stephanie? Well, I, I think first we need to embrace that our professional lives are never going to be the same again after this. Okay. There is no going back to our former normal. There are going to be people that are afraid to come to the doctor. There are going to be people, the, the doc, Dr. Rodden, she's nodding with me. So there are going to be people that are, you know, immune compromised, elderly patients right. that are going to be afraid to come to your office for a while. You have to implement something or you're going to risk losing part of your patient base to fear. You Absolutely. need to you need to change with the times and nothing medicine is not going to be treated the same after this. And I think we were talking before Manal, it's amazing that this hasn't happened in 100 yeah. years. And it, it, it's been 100 years with the international travel and and working from home and digital nomads. It is amazing that we haven't had a pandemic on this level yet. Right. And you know, I I do have a question. So Dr. Kellogg is asking the medical uh, no, the medical will not let us in the network. They're Probably saying they are not they accepting not dentists. I would, oh, I wouldn't okay. worry about. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that. Saying, I'm, w, um, they're probably just missing their W nine, their taxonomy. Um, they probably have not opened up their cash file. Right, and and and, Lori, and this dentist is in Washington State, and you're in Washington State, so you are not seeing this, right? Because they're saying that they are saying that they are not accepting dentists at this time. The medical no, because they're they're looking to become an in-network provider and dentists will not have that status but they have to also see that they are licensed and credentialed to do the head and neck which and are you know, our taxonomy company. yeah 
you don't need to be a participating provider and you're practicing within your specialty and within your field, you are absolutely entitled to bill medical. And I agree with Lori, you're either missing a W-9 or there is something going on with your provider profile as they term it that needs to be resolved. And And then you're- Maybe she didn't didn't, um, attest to her cash profile. And so, right, so let's talk about this. So what are some of the, I know I'm putting you both on spot here, Lori and Stephanie. What are some of the requirements for a dentist to make sure that this process becomes validated? So you mentioned the W9, you mentioned the head and neck. Okay, so can you just give us a list so of it really quickly? Every provider has to be listed with CASH, C-A-Q-H.org. And if they haven't attested their profile, updated their license, their malpractice insurance, their DEA, and if they did not call cash to open it up to medical providers to see their credentials, that's where their difficulties coming in. Ah, okay. And, and Stephanie, anything else that we need to be added? Because I know you've been helping implement this really well. Um, I just... I, I 100% agree with Lori that if your if your team is not well versed in medical billing, send them to a course, or you know bring in somebody to train them because it is not that it is not that difficult. If they can build dentistry, they can build medical. Yep. There are not the need for attachments the way that we're. It is a different animal, but it's not a more complex animal. Right. And I would rather do a medical claim than a dental claim any day of the week. Okay, wonderful. And um, you know I do have another question from Sarah here, and she says. Uh, the other issue about medical insurance is that we have all their dental information, dental insurance information in our system, but now we would also have to gather the patient's medical insurance info as well. Right? Yeah, how you should gather that, that anyways. You scan that card. I tell the teledentist in your um, doxy.me, have them hold up their card because you can take snapshots of the card and put it into your chart. That's well, a great idea. Well, let's be honest, you should take copies of medical cards anyways when your patients are are starting at your practice because what happens if your patient is in an accident and comes in bloodied and in pain and you're trying to fix things that go to medical, the last thing you want to be asking them for is their medical insurance card. Take that copy when you take the dental card and just get it out of the way. And I tell people if they say, why am I giving you my medical I always say if there's a procedure our doctor does that we can maximize your benefits through your medical, we want to make sure to have the information on hand. Absolutely. 100%. So, okay, so let's say we go through this process. So now we added another point. See, this is why I like to have this discussion. We need the dentist to make sure that they're actually going online and having all their information correct so they can provide teledentistry and code the medical billing accordingly and the way to use the code. So we go through all of this, we have our call with our patient, mm-hmm. um, you know, we go ahead and we bill it correctly. Now, what is the process of a follow-up? Because clearly we have that video, we have the snapshots from the video, which goes into patient record. There still has to be a follow-up. I think that should be a team follow-up, not necessarily the provider follow-up. Okay. Um, and, and again, the triage is to say, okay, does this patient need to have that tooth out? Do they need a root canal? Um, what what is going on at the triage is really just that that tele telehealth is that call is to say okay I think I need to see you um, and then have them come in and do that actual treatment as an emergency and medical treats emergencies different than um, and and emergency in medicine is if they will not get better without your treatment. Mm. 
So can you, can dental offices say that that is actually what they do? Absolutely. hundred percent. Yes. That infection's not going to go away without the treatment that you provide. So, so right now what we are doing is we are preventing it. Something right. Like so, that. Well, I mean, because right now we can also speak in a language that they would understand. So we are preventing this from getting any more serious right. and any more of an emergency. Right. We're going to help you control this, but please know that we are going to have to make an appointment in the future and an emergency appointment in the future. And we are going to revisit all of this mm -hmm. and we are going to come up with a treatment plan that is going to be the best benefit to you. Right. Right. And you can also say, instead of reacting, we're going to plan. We are going so to that plan. You don't have an emergency in the future and that you're not without care. And so, yes, it might not hurt at the time, but that's what that antibiotic's doing. It's covering it as a Band-Aid to protect it until I can see you. Is there so, any specific language that we have to use to make sure that we don't get into any trouble for medical billing? Is there any, because I, I, I know you mentioned things like infection and abscess and things like that. Is there some specific language that they- I do? tell people, just don't use teeth. In dentistry, it's like teeth, tooth, tooth, teeth, teeth, teeth. And that's what the note is primarily based off of. In tooth number three, in teeth number one. That's and what we're doing, number three, number five. So note, love your, yeah. In a different way. How about Doc, you yeah. have dental caries in the, in number four, five, and eight on the distolingual. Yeah. I mean, you can still say the same thing that you need without saying teeth. And dentists need to learn to love the soap note. They need yes. to get they need to get away from this free form note taking that we I call that we've it gotten. Text into. Messaging. Yes. Yeah. You need to get on board with the soap note template and use it in your practice because yes. it there's a reason it exists. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. Are you guys able so to hear yeah, me at all? Again, it, I, I hear you. Based okay. off of the patient walking right. in, is your subjective? What are their symptoms? Your objective, what can you measure? Your blood pressure, exactly. your pulses. Um, if the, you visually see swelling, the radiographs that are taken per the doctor's orders, all those things are the things we can measure as well as the doctor looking into the oral cavity. The assessment being a combined thing uh, of, of what the doctor, basically the doctor's determination or diagnosis. And then the plan, what are you gonna do to treat this? And Lori, you know, I can tell you teledentistry the exact same way. What are their symptoms? Patient called in, left a message on our voicemail. This is going on. Uh, returned phone call, did a telehealth conference. I, I like the fact that we are changing this to telehealth because and use, your, use yeah. your medical terminology too. Like, don't, yes. don't, yeah, stop, stop, you know, doing layman's terms and your, use your medical terminology. Yes. It'll, it'll I, help. We have blood pressure taken for you every muted yourself, dog. Oh, oh no, she she she's no, doing something, but we can hear her. There is something going on. Can with, you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. I can hear okay. you. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I can't tell you how many times my patients are surprised because we take a blood pressure on every single patient, and that goes into our note of mine is a soap note style. I mean, it was not because I was planning for telehealth in any way, but I just like my notes to be like that. It's not, okay, my assistants are taking notes in and that's all that goes in notes. My assistants take notes in, they put it into the soap note style notes, which are already in a template form. And if that's gonna help us like get telehealth built out, then why not? I mean, right. seriously. Right. So yeah, that's some great information out there.
Wonderful. Uh, Laurie, I know you can't hear. I don't know what's going on with technology. I think um, uh, there's, you know, one person had to, she, Laurie pretty much showed up in a black and white in the 1950s. Go to her phone and then Dr. Rockwan keeps going unmute and mute, but I am not, I am not controlling that. Uh, it doesn't allow me to. Can control. anybody hear me though? I can I hear, hear you. Hear you. Okay. Only Laurie can't hear you. I think it's maybe something. <laughs> Probably because I'm on my phone. Probably because she's on her phone. But you know, yes, use medical t uh, terminology is yeah. is where we are coming at. Um, and I did have a question about this. Um, is can I'm assuming Canada is a little bit different because somebody here messaged me. Is this how how can we do this in Canada? You actually can do it in Canada. You can, yeah. you actually would build the government. So the government has all of this built into their. Um, I've actually helped offices build bone grafting to um, their the government system. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. So there is a way for you to do this in Canada too, guys. Right. So, so if you remember this, that all the codes we use, all the diagnosis we use are, are coming from the World Health Organization. The U.S. did not make them up. These Correct. are what the U.S. adopted, but we did not make them up. The AMA adopted what the World Health Organization created. Well, and so it's actually easier because you're billing one entity and you don't have all of these private carriers right. with their own guidelines. It's one company or company that you're billing. <laughs> well, yeah. let's let's switch this out from a patient point of view because I know we are coming towards the end of this. But from a patient point of view, right? Um, what are the benefits that you would say are about telehealth? Well, I think that if if like the doctor was talking about the infection portion, if she could give a prescription and she knows that that will hold it at bay to see if it gives relief to calm it down before before she would really need to see that patient. Um, I think that's huge. Um, or how about this? What if it's a liver clot? And you can tell the patient, let's take a Q-tip and let's wipe it away and see what happens. And you can visually see this. So you've just avoided the patient coming into an office being susceptible to, to get any kind of uh, bacteria. And so, I mean, I think that's huge. Why would you not be able to use this to better your patient base and to give them a little more reliability in the provider? Well, and let's talk about accessibility because we have people right now that are home with their kids because yes. schools are closed. You have single moms, you have moms whose, whose husbands are essential personnel or dads whose wives are essential personnel. You have elderly people that can't get out of their houses. Accessibility is a huge concern right now well, for patients. I don't think, I don't think that's going to go away either. I mean, not, I really think not. that it's, it, you know, we're looking at this long term. So people listening, right. yes, they've relaxed rules for HIPAA. Mm -hmm. Yes, they've relaxed rules for all this other stuff. We don't want you to start off with bad habits, because if you start off with bad habits, that leads to more bad habits, which leads to less documentation, which leads to opening up your license being in jeopardy. And that's mm -hmm. not what any of us would ever want. We want you to have good practices, um, good, good, stable foundation of what to do for telehealth in that so that you can continue if you if you find that this is helping people. I don't have to get out of my house and go down to the office where I can visually see what's going on with my patient and right. see what they're talking about and say, oh, that you know what, let's see you in the morning. Absolutely. No, it's late at night. Let's see you in the morning. I don't think this is something that can wait. And so I don't think it's going to go away. I, it'll go away if, if dental uh, providers, and we should say oral health care providers, decide to say, oh, it's not my responsibility. Right. 
Right. And I, and again, you know, we are going to have some people pick and choose this. Um, right. and, and some people are just some of the you know clients that I work with, they are in that senior group and they just right. it's just too it's just too much of a learning curve for them right. to, yeah. you know, to understand. So there are going to be those people. But I am with you where I think that this is the wave of the future. Yes. And this is going to be a daily thing in dental practices that are happening. So you know, I want to bring in one more point just from a perspective, because if you can minimize patient to patient contact over the next year or year and a half that this is going to pan out, because clearly this is not going to be a three week thing. You know, it's, it's going to pan out much longer than that. So if you can minimize patient to patient contact by using this as a pre-screening tool why not absolutely no you absolutely can and you know so now i'm gonna i'm gonna end with because i have to talk marketing <laughs> how can i not talk marketing <laughs> uh, but you know it has to do something so let's talk about this let's say we are trying to get this information out in front of our patients and potential patients that we offer telehealth mm -hmm. now when we say that we offer in telehealth the, the couple of things that we have to be mindful of is this fact that the patient has to reach out to you exactly right mm -hmm. so yes they have to reach out to you but that means that they need to be able to schedule with you right that all you can't advertise something or promote something and the patient has no idea how to reach you mm -hmm. absolutely because, because they have to reach you so if you are thinking about doing this and if you're creating your email content or your your you know online post or your website detail you have to be mindful and have the steps ready how are they going to contact you right. what because platform you can imagine if you Manal, you start marketing this and you say oh i'm not sure what i'm supposed to do now um you're yeah. gonna, people are going to get disappointed and try to find some another provider and you that's need to what your the, protocol in place absolutely you absolutely do you know if you're going to put what is the language that you're put, putting and understand that this is for emergency care and this is what right. we are doing the second thing that you also want to put down is how are they going to schedule a telehealth call with you or a video call with you what platform are they using because there are times if you think about platforms, like they may need to download that platform at their end. Well, uh, that's why I like doxy.me. There is no platform for them to log into or to get an app for. They send them a link and they just click on the link and it automatically hooks them into the call. Wonderful. Well, Wonderful. And, and let's be honest, people have tech issues. So have a backup platform. I was just have going to say that. On uh, top of your, your preferred platform. I agree. So that when, yeah. And you know, so having that is a good here. win. So, so Zoom healthcare, right? Healthcare. So if that could be your backup, then so right. Zoom has a healthcare, like a separate healthcare. Yeah, um, they do. They do. Yeah. That's and interesting. I, and I also and believe that that's the one that's HIPAA compliant because yes. it's Zoom healthcare. Yes. It is. Yeah. It does so it's not money, the regular so purchase like one that you buy. Zoom. No, no, no. There is a special paid healthcare Zoom, yeah. and there is a fee for it. Now I don't know how much it is compared to Doxy. Uh, we may um, want to do some research on that and see. Well, but, I'm sure now that there are options, people can pick and choose. Um, but it's, yeah, I agree. It's good to have an alternative because sometimes patients are like, I can't navigate this. I can't get to this. Just tell me, can we do something else? Right. Um, and remember, a lot of the patients who may be calling you for emergency care are in that age group. Correct. right where they may not technology may not come as easy as that so you need to also make sure from your perspective how do you make this the easiest for them mm -hmm. um and if and even if they're not in that age group you should just make this easy for all your patients to begin with right, right. um and give enough time now i love this 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 consent form idea that we are sending this via email i would say that let's send this via email so they can email it back to you 
Uh, and this way you have that PDF format and you can directly put it in their files. Now, when you put it in that email, I would also recommend that when you email this confirmation with that consent form, you write down the exact steps that they have to take to get on the electronic platform with you. And I would say in the future, add this to your HIPAA. Yes. Yes. So if you already have the, the um, informed consent in your new patient paperwork, you wouldn't have to have one later on. Your HIPAA and your office policy should so be updated to include telehealth. Interesting. Yes. That's a great suggestion. Yeah, that's a great one. Because if you're already going to have them fill out paperwork, don't give them more paperwork. Right. <laughs> well, that's what we're doing now. So, yeah. If there's ever a need for you to need um, uh, uh, telehealth via you being at home and us on the phone, this gives us authorization to do so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, did we miss anything, guys? I mean, we kind of, I kind of wanted to, I know that we can talk about this for six hours. And, uh, <laughs> we, could. We, could. and we could talk about this for six hours, but I know that we are reaching that uh, at the hour point. Is there anything that we miss? Any last words you want to say? And also, please mention if each, each of you how they can contact you, because I'm getting a lot of requests with how do I speak with Lori and how do I speak with Dr. Raghwan and how do I speak with Stephanie? So if you can also mention the best way that people can reach out to you, that'd be great. Um, I think the only thing I want to mention is it, sit down with your team and really work out a protocol before you attempt this. I'm, I'm suggesting to my doctors a certain protocol that, that doesn't involve the doctor just picking up the phone with the patients on hold and flying blind. Have you know It's no different than an appointment in your office. Treat it the same way. You need to have a protocol for scheduling. You need to have a team member that is tech savvy to start the call for you so the doctor isn't sitting there trying to figure out what's going on with the tech problems. Definitely sit down with your teams, work out who is the most tech savvy team member and put them in charge of this. Mm -hmm. And how do they contact you if they need to, Stephanie? Um, my website is stephaniespeaksdental.com and it's uh, Stephanie with an F instead of a PH. Perfect. Okay, so we do have uh, we do have that website, guys. And Stephanie is also active on Facebook. She's active in our group. Um, you know, you got you're all everybody is always more than welcome to directly call out people and be active in our group. That's a open invitation to everybody. Wonderful, uh, Lori. What about you? Um, you can email me at Lori L A U R I E at DevDen, and it's D as in dog, E as in Edward, V as in Victor, D as in dog, E as in Edward, N as in Nancy. T is in Tom. It stands for developing dentistry. I know it sounds, just want to spell it out because sometimes it could sound funny. Um, just email Lori at devdent.com. If you email support at devdent, they'll get you the code for doxy.me. Mm. My team is really good at getting you that code. Um, and then asking any other questions to my team as well. If you, if you want to just do it in one email is fine. If they can't answer it, they'll get it over to me too. Thank you so much, Lori. And uh, Dr. Raghwan, what about you? Um, so I'm always active on Facebook. It's a great way to She's reach out. It doesn't matter me. if you're not friends. With <laughs> she said, don't, don't call me. <laughs> no, I mean, yes, but Facebook, I am also active. It's Arthi, A-A-R-T-H-I, Raghavan, R-A-G-H-A-V-A-N. My official email is milliondollarsmilesinc at gmail.com. Just note that the smiles is a plural. Um, Facebook me email me either ways. These are the two platforms that I check most apart from text. And because this is going to be out there, I'm not going to put my cell phone over there. But, uh, any other way, I'm happy to be of any help that I can. I just love, like, I have always been a person who loves developing protocols for me. Like, it has to be methodical and it has to be repeatable because it 
everything cannot be okay this person can do this successfully but i can't no if we have a protocol in place then everybody should be able to follow the protocol and do it successfully so that's always kind of been my mantra if you can call it that um and i really appreciate all the info that you ladies have shared today it's phenomenal and i think um in some form or the other this is this whole episode is going to change everything for us and telehealth is actually probably going to be more of a norm than an exception to be honest. I, I think so too and you know i can't thank all of you to come on board so quickly because i know we had this discussion on friday i was getting overwhelmed with teledentistry questions and uh, when i posted about this in my group and i saw that we have experts in the group who are doing this exact thing i had to reach out to you so Thank you so very much. I know a lot of you are asking me to type their email addresses. When, I, when I'm done with the show, guys, I will make sure that I put down their information um, at the top of this video. So this way you can reach out to them. Now I do ask, I do ask all of you, all the wonderful 2000 plus people in this group, do not bombard them with questions. You know, they are also people, and they are also people who have uh, very busy schedules right now as well. So I always enjoy and I always love the interactions. You're always more than welcome to reach out to our guests that we have here. But remember, the guests are also inside the group. So if you have the questions, you can always tag them as well. So this way, they have the possibility to get back to you. Um, just remember that everybody's time is precious. I just have to mention that because sometimes I get the bombardation and I'm like, okay, hold up. <laughs> so just speaking that on behalf of all the guests, feel free to reach out to them. They're wonderful. I know all of them. Uh, they're great, great, uh, wonderful leaders in our industry. But yes, please feel free to do that. Thank you so much for joining me today, ladies. It's been uh, it's been very, very beneficial. Like we have over 72 comments. So. Wow. <laughs> Um, clearly, we have a lot of people who are engaged and a lot of people who are uh, really enjoying this. Feel, you know, feel free to go back and comment on all of those posts. Okay. And, you know, we are here for you. So thank you so much. Um, and all the viewers and listeners, thanks for joining Real Talk with Manal. I'll thanks, see you Manal. soon. Thank you, guys. Thank Bye. you, Manal. Bye-bye. Bye, Manal. And hey, that was fun, right? <laughs>